was a way to give show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I am Kayfabe AJ, and this is Kayfabe Ave, and I'll bring it to you tonight's Raw Wrap-Up. Now, we're just coming off of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and what a good event it was. A lot of uh, long-term storylines coming to fruition there, some coming to a head, some continuing, but nonetheless, Hell in a Cell was a success. Uh, for a few, a full review, full full rundown of the events of Hell in a Cell, please check out our Hell in a Cell review um, on all podcast streaming platforms at Kayfabe Avenue. Go check that out. But tonight, we start off raw with a, a pretty much a package, a little recap of what happened in Hell in a Cell and uh, specifically with Drew McIntyre losing the WWE Championship to Randy Orton last night. Crowning Randy Orton, the 14-time WWE champion. So a lot of uh, history was made. And with that being said, we have Drew McIntyre come out. And he's pretty much cutting a... Which, to me, came off as a little weird. Usually when you win... win, Well, excuse me. Usually when you lose a championship, you know, uh, the person comes out the next day, hell hath no fury you know, um, seeking vengeance, seeking their redemption. And for some reason, Drew McIntyre didn't pull a rematch clause. Now, I know WWE did away with rematch clauses a couple of months, maybe a little over a year now. But when does WWE follow their own rules? So I was actually surprised they stuck to that. Drew McIntyre is not going instantly back into a WWE championship shot, which honestly makes... A lot of sense considering Survivor Series is the next pay-per-view up. And they did a lot of building towards Survivor Series. So we know Survivor Series has become a brand versus brand thing. And now every year we can expect champions versus champions, Raw champions versus SmackDown champions. It seems like this year they're officially leaving out NXT after NXT was called up last year to be the third brand attached to Survivor Series. So I guess um, I'm hoping that they don't mention NXT because they want NXT to do kind of like an invasion style. See, I thought their next takeover was coming up, which would have been Halloween Havoc. But Halloween Havoc is actually just a regular NXT uh, episode. And it's just going to be Halloween theme with the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view uh name um headlining the nxt episode so i thought that was maybe it and um that's not the case because halloween havoc is this wednesday so i'm hoping they just like kind of making us forget about nxt um being a part of the survivor series thing so we could probably have an invasion of either raw and smackdown with the nxt stars like kind of like a you forgot about us situation so no real build up for NXT being involved in Survivor Series throughout the night. But um 
stemming off of Drew McIntyre's promo and him being oddly chipper, oddly happy, um, and positive uh, considering his loss of Hell in a Cell. Miz and Morrison come out, interrupt Drew. The Miz puts Drew on notice. He puts Orton on notice. And this is the shit I like. You guys are probably a year, two years, a little too late as far as the Miz's killer fucking run. Um, the Miz was at the top of his game and they dropped the ball as far as not pulling the trigger on him and Daniel Bryan for a WWE championship match. You know, this was something we was highly looking forward to and we just never got. The Miz kind of gets into these situations where he's probably the top of his game. Some of the, the best content coming from Miz and they just, you know, use him to push up other stars or to boost the segments on certain shows and then they just let his potential and everything he's worked kind of fall to the wayside so hopefully this money in the bank win and the fact that he's putting the champions on notice not just the next day but within minutes of winning that briefcase he was already on twitter um you know shouting out the champ it looks like he's gonna go after randy orton and the funny thing about Miz winning the money in the bank, it's exactly, exactly 10 years since he's since he's won it. And funny enough, he cashed in November 22nd, 2010. And um, that was at the Amway Center. This year's Survivor Series is November 22nd, 2020 at the Amway Center. And the champion is Randy Orton while Miz has a briefcase so history repeating itself will history repeat itself and miss cashing in on orin i don't really see that happen it's happening now um i see that maybe down the line maybe royal rumble time you know when it's getting closer to that edge versus randy orin uh feud continuing so I don't really see that that briefcase being cashed in anytime soon. But hey, if anybody fucking deserved it after all these years, it's the Miz. And I want to see a killer run. I want to see him do his heel best. You know, the Miz is the best worker, the best talker when he is a heel. So hopefully they let him uh fully get into his his character and fully embrace the situation being the money in the bank winner. So. This leads to Drew pretty much saying he, he has an idea for creative um, pertaining to him, Morrison, and uh, The Miz. So, obviously, that's leading to a match later on down the line in uh, tonight's show. So, moving on, we have AJ Styles in the ring with Jordan Amag Behan. Hopefully, I didn't butcher that. I know last week I didn't mention his name, his last name. I couldn't pronounce it. Uh, nonetheless, hopefully, I didn't butcher that. So AJ comes out to the ring, uh, mostly to silence and his bodyguards, you know, of course, with him. And we get the a video sh showing Styles defeating Matt Riddle last week. AJ speaks in the ring before the match and brags about being 2-0 since being drafted at SmackDown. And he pretty much just tells everybody that he should be the team captain and, you know, pretty much just pitching his, his, his shot for the Survivor, Survivor Series team. And I don't think 2-0 kind of warrants you being team captain. You just got drafted two weeks ago. Um, 
Nonetheless, this leads into his Survivor Series qualifying match against Jeff Hardy. And a pretty decent match. Overall, I'll give it like a 7, uh, 7.5. Typical stuff when it comes to, to Hardy and um, AJ. But AJ wins and solidifies the first uh, spot on Team Raw for Survivor Series. So, you know, AJ Styles looking really good the past couple of weeks. And that bodyguard, man, fucking huge dude. But um, after the match, Elias attacks and um, um, Hardy, he, he attacks Hardy. I guess this is not uh, finishing. I know last night Jeff Hardy ended up smashing the guitar over, Je over Elias' back, causing the DQ. So, of course, this was going to continue. But in the beginning of the show, it kind of didn't seem like Elias would continue going after Hardy. But nonetheless, he did. Um then we go backstage with R-Truth. R-Truth's interviewed about his 24-7 championship. And, you know, what more can we expect? Drew Gulak, Akira Tozawa, um, and all these guys going after it. It's it's cringy at this point with the 24-7 championship. But nonetheless, he says uh, to the interviewer that his middle name is Danger. He lists a few names and... um. Pretty much saying that he's not worried about the 24-7 championship because of the territory um, as far as him defending it and people coming after him. Next up, we got Drew Gulak, Akira Tozawa versus the Lucha House Party. And um, this ends up in a new, no contest due to countout. Um, pretty much our truth involved in the situation. They all start scrambling, trying to get the 24-7 championship. Like I said... I'm already in the cringe phase when it comes to the 24-7 championship. I think it's about time to start phasing that out. Nonetheless, it's here and we're still dealing with these comedy segments. Next up, we have the Firefly Funhouse. And uh, pretty much this is the full embracing of Alexa Bliss being a part of the Funhouse. And we have um, pretty much... Her and, and The Fiend have this Halloween-themed funhouse. And, um, you know, talking about Randy Orton, it seems like The Fiend is gonna is turning his attention to Randy Orton. So he has a lot on his plate with Drew McIntyre looming over his shoulder. The Fiend looks like he wants a shot. Um, but nonetheless, this leads to Alexa Bliss saying that she's going to have a moment of bliss with Randy Orton later on in the night with The Fiend, you know, looking on menacingly. Um... I love the Firefly Funhouse, and I love everything that's going on with Alexa Bliss. They just keep furthering that and continuing, you know, in good directions, so I appreciate that. We get the Halloween Havoc promo for this Wednesday's NXT. Then we go backstage with Adam Pearce and uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. So Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax obviously think that they should each be the team captain, both pulling out their own list of people that they feel should be on the team. And ironically enough... Neither of them put each other on their list. So um, Adam Pierce ends up pretty much saying like, hey, I'll take your both of your lists and take it under advisement. And we'll head, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later on in the night. The next matchup was Keith Lee versus Elias. And um, I, I like this match. Um, I feel like Elias was a little awkward because. Usually Elias is the big guy in the situation, but Keith Lee is just such a monster. But uh, nonetheless, this continues the 
it was a good match. I'll give this one a 7.5. Uh, but this continued the the story with Jeff and, and Elias. Jeff Hardy's music ends up playing. Elias focuses on the rap. And Keith Lee ends up taking that opportunity to um, using this distraction. Tossing Elias. And then he hits a spirit bomb. Power bomb for the win. And um, after the match, Jeff Hardy pretty much attacks Elias. And... Um, Pretty much, um, you know, references Elias's new album, which they're hilariously promoting on WWE television. So, you know, we're going to continue seeing this Jeff versus um, Elias situation continue. We continue backstage with the Hurt Business. Hurt Business um, pretty much accused someone of using their bathroom and they laugh and run off. So just Hurt Business really just dominating Raw and um, showing their... Um, you know that they're the top stable. They're they're the top group in on Raw. So pretty much just running things, and then we get Charlie Caruso interviewing Randy Orton backstage. Caruso is asking Orton if he's worried about the Fiend making an appearance on Moment of Bliss. Orton says he's the new champion, so he's not afraid of anyone, and then threatens anyone who gets in his way. Um, we get a next up. We get a video package about. The Hurt Business and Retribution. Before we get into this, let's take a quick break and uh, check out these messages from our sponsors, the people who support KFAVAV and help us continue this machine and continue providing this content to you guys. So we'll return right after these messages. And we're back. And uh, we left off with Orton pretty much saying he's not a... A scared champion. So um, next up, we had the Hurt Business and Retribution promo package. And pretty much just le uh, showing everything that's been uh, going on between them. And you know, how the Hurt Business was pretty much formed to counter Retribution. And this leads into the eight-man tag team elimination match between the Hurt Business and Retribution. Now, the actual elimination tag team match was pretty decent. I, I will say, but now I have to actually admit that I completely disagree with the booking of Retribution. You know, I've been waiting and giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I can overlook the, the, the gear. I can overlook the name changes because I know who these people are. I know what they can do individually, but the way these guys are booked, they're booked as jokes. And it's not because of the gimmick. It's not because of the, the look or the names. It's simply because you've had four matches. And in these four matches, you either disqualified yourself in the first. Dominic Dejakovic taps in the second. Slapjack taps in the third. And then you got the Hurt Business pretty much running through them. And only getting two members of the Hurt Business eliminated. One being MVP, who's the veteran of the group. And, you know, has the age up there. And then Bobby Lashley and T-Bar get eliminated by Double Kana. So these guys are, like, really starting to look like jokes. You guys cannot put a win on the board. Like, before, like the destroying of property and the 
antagonizing people in the mystery, that's all gone. Now you, su- you, you support your group and you defend your group in the eyes of the fans by actually pulling off wins and actually looking dominant. In the last three to four matches that Retribution has had since actually debuting on Raw as a, as a wrestling team, they have not pulled off a win. You guys are supposed to be this new dominant force. We finally get the leader revealed. It's long-term storyline booking, which I can tip my hat to. But what I can't tip my hat to is the fact that you guys keep making them lose. If they can't get a win over the Hurt Business, what makes me think they're going to get a win over anyone else? Like, granted, Bobby Lashley is a powerhouse, should be a heavyweight champion, should be the top of the card. So it makes sense if someone is getting dominated by the likes of a Bobby Lashley. But not in the beginning of a new group that's being formed. Now I have a problem with this. Now I have a problem with this. For the simple fact that now I have to wait another couple of weeks or months before they decide to either one, finally make them cool enough to be generally accepted or to finally get some fucking wins. At this point, it looks like you guys are, are, are butchering retribution, cutting them off at their at their legs and not letting them even be able to grow. You're stifling them with these stupid booking decisions as far as wins, man. The fans, the fans, the casual fans in particular, they judge people by who's winning and who's losing. And you got these guys consistently losing, bro. Either cut the fucking gimmick or treat them how they should be treated. If you're going to put them as a dominant force, let them be that. The Hurt Business has not suffered a single loss to the hurt, to, to the to Retribution. The Hurt Business has looked dominant in every single showing that was toe-to-toe, that they weren't getting jumped on. And by the way, where are the other five members of, of Retribution? Now all of a sudden it's just four men and Mia Yim? What happens to the other five, ten people? This faction had like 15 people attacking. All of a sudden we're going to forget that this group was like 5, 10, 15 people deep? Now you got the main four guys and me and Yim? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Vince, stop calling people up if it's too fucking early and you don't have a six-month plan for the people you call up. If you're only calling up to pop a rating on a Monday and then by the next Monday they're worthless to you, keep them down to NXT where Triple H can protect these guys. Seriously. Moving on from her from her business retribution, her business obviously took the win on that one. They, it, it just it it baffles me because WWE can do so many good things in the span of a week, and then by the next show they can erase almost everything they've done with the stupid booking decisions. Nonetheless, we move on. We have uh, backstage. We have Angel Garza. And most of the women's locker room and Angel Garza has a red rose is trying to woo Mandy Rose. Acts if she's still close to Otis and she still comment, com- she comments that she still is. But it sounds as if maybe they're writing that out. Angel says, hello, beautiful to Nia Jax, who arrives with Baszler. Nia tells him she doesn't have time for him. Then talks to Rose Brooks. Jax Baszler asks Rose and Brooks who the hell they think they are to get a title shot. Rose and Brooks brag about how ever since they joined Raw a few years ago, they've been undefeated and deserve a shot. Uh, you know, starting to grow this Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose tag team because anytime Dana Brooke is involved, I'm like, oh god, here we go. It's gonna the gimmick is either gonna get killed 
or Dana Brooke is going to get a little shine and then start just losing left and right. So, so far, they've been building that tag team right. Next up, we got the match. Drew McIntyre versus The Miz with Morrison. Pretty decent match, making Drew look strong. Uh, you know, making Miz look like the, the weasel heel once again. We got um, Morrison trying to interfere on the outside. Um, Morrison... Now that Miz is the Money in the Bank winner, I feel like Morrison needs to branch out on his own, um, kind of focus on his own singles run. The tag team, you know, division obviously is not something that Miz is looking forward to. So I think John Morrison needs to step out of that uh, teammate manager role, especially when Miz is trying to get this WWE run going. I think it's time for to pull the plug on. Uh, the dirt sheet and these guys being together, they don't have to feud. They don't have to split up in that way. But I think they need to both agree that it's time for singles singles run. Um, Morrison accompanying Miz and being the folly in in the matches is not a good look for Morrison coming out of you know redebuting for WWE shortly. Now that Miz is moving on the storyline, let's move Jomo along and have him you know start getting that notoriety and that acclaim that he was getting before he left WWE. Let's get him back in a position where maybe in six months to a year, we do see him in a WWE title uh, picture or WWE title situation. So nonetheless, like I said, this was made to make Drew look look good coming off of his uh, loss at Hell in a Cell. So obviously he's still in the main event world title picture. And, you know, Miz got the briefcase so that's just looming for him um overall for the match i will give it a i think this was a, a, a good case of seven seven point fives tonight um nothing too extraordinary um nothing you know really dull just kind of there um we got backstage with the new day and the new days dressed up as the street profits and they're cutting their promo in street profit style oscar hilariously comes out and um, talks a bunch of Japanese. What I'm assuming she was saying was no one is ready for Asuka and the New Day. Um, but hilariously comes out and says she wants all the smoke. And they use this segment to put over Survivor Series and pretty much announce that Asuka is going to take on Sasha Banks, champion versus champion. Roman will take on Randy Orton, champion versus champion. New Day versus the Street Profits. And so on and so forth, so forth. Then we have Bobby Lashley pop up and pretty much challenge um, the It's Kind of Champion. So we are getting those good builds to Survivor Series really early on. We have a month build. So, you know, WWE, when they actually take their time to build stuff, they usually do it really great. So I'm looking more forward to that. I'm looking forward to um, who is the first brand to attack each other and hey will it even be raw or smackdown maybe it's going to be nxt so we go again backstage with charlie caruso and drew mcintyre after his win and drew's pretty much like oh randy got alexa bliss a moment of bliss later i might show up to that he might not have a moment of bliss so um next up we got adam pierce and some new random wwe official wwe I, I understand you kind of like drifting away from the GM role, but just having these random two guys that you never explain storylines just all of a sudden have authority. It's still kind of weird to me, man. You got Adam Pierce in the ring with this guy. Um, what's his name? 
Pat Buck, I believe his name. I'm like, who the fuck is this? An old young buck? Like, who the hell is this guy? Nonetheless, he announces that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are uh, the first two picks. The next two picks is Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. And then we'll have a fatal four-way match um, to qualify for the last spot of the women's uh, the women's Survivor Series team. So in this fatal four-way matchup, which happens right after this announcement, we got Lacey Evans versus Lana versus Peyton Royce versus Nikki Cross. Now, as they were announcing the ladies, I'm like, ugh, Lana, ugh, Lacey Evans. Then Peyton Royce comes out, all right, all right, all right, give it a Peyton Royce. Then Nikki comes out, all right, all right, all right, give it a Nikki. All right, I see this going to Nikki. No, Lana comes in, sneaks another fucking win, and solidifies her spot as the fifth member. It's funny. Lana's obviously the underdog. Lana's obviously the person who's been getting put through fucking tables every single week. Lana's the the comedic aspect. But Lana is not realistically in any way, shape, or form, uh, performance-wise, better than any of the other ladies. You know, maybe she's on par with, with Peyton. Because we haven't really seen much of Peyton outside the Iconics uh, team-up. But you're a no-level to a Nikki Cross, and now Nikki got to sit on the back burner because they want to continue this Lana is stealing wins or Lana is getting bullshit victories. Come on, guys, you can do better. Nonetheless, Lana does get put through a table again at the hands of Nia Jax after winning her spot. We go backstage with uh, Charlie and Orton again, and she asks if he saw Firefly Flunhouse. He says yes. She asks him if he understands that was a threat. He says yes. He then tells her that he has no problem introducing the fiend to the three most de- dangerous letters in sports entertainment, RKO. Then we go backstage with Retribution again, and they cut in this promo, but it's like, bro, it's not believable, son. You keep losing every match. So I'm just going to run through and pass this Retribution promo because it's just not believable at this point. You guys need to start building them up in a believable fashion before I jump on the wagon again, before I give them benefit of the doubt. So next up, we got Matt Riddle versus Sheamus, which to me was probably one of the better matches of the night. I'll give this an eight. It went uh, fairly long, but nonetheless, we end up with Sheamus pulling off the win with a bro kick out of nowhere. Um, So second week on Raw, second week loss for Matt Riddle. Um, Sheamus has also been in a little losing streak since, you know, being on SmackDown, coming over to Raw. Now, um, this is his first W in the two weeks he's been back. So, um, poor Matt Riddle losing to AJ Styles last week and now losing to Sheamus this week. But at least the opponents he's losing to are legitimate contenders. So it's not like we're just getting him to job like idiot fans in the boards. Continue to put every week that they don't get their favorite star, um, to win, it's automatically buried. Guys, please know the difference between just taking a loss and being buried. So uh, to close and um, with that uh, Sheamus winning, he is the third member of Team Raw. Um, we have a moment of bliss up next to cap off the Monday Night Raw. So I'll read read through it. So um. We return from the break after Sheamus' win, 
And in the ring is already set up for a moment of bliss a, and a remix of Alexa Bliss's music play. So tying into the Fiend gimmick and her involvement with that. So she welcomes us to the special episode and is dressed up in yet another girly outfit and welcomes the new WWE champion. Randy walks down slowly as his music plays, showing no fear of the Fiend or Drew McIntyre. And Alexa is all smiles as she takes it as he takes a sweet time. Bliss tells Orin that he he can take a seat. And she promised she won't bite. Or replies simply, nah. Bliss tells him to suit, suit himself. She then asks him if he was surprised about the outcome of his match last night. Orin tells her no. And he wasn't surprised to be a 14-time champion. He asks her if she has a surprise for him. She smiles and says no and goes on to talk about his match last night and how they, they burned the house down. Orin replies, and there it is burn the house down he tells her that he knows the fiend is close and asks her one last time where the fiend is drew ends up uh drew mcintyre ends up coming down running down the ramp and begins uh fighting with orton in the ring bliss laughs as mcintyre kicks orton down into the corner stopping the mud hole in him typical jr style um mcintyre throws the props out of the ring as bliss sits on the top turnbuckle laughing um and enjoying everything that's going on McIntyre sets up in the corner for a claymore when the lights go out. After a long pause, the arena is flooded with red light and the Fiend screaming sound plays on loop. And then the virtual audience is replaced with the Fiend graphic. Orin is up the ramp and staring at McIntyre who smiles back at him and Orin's head slowly turns. As the camera turns at the same time to show the Fiend is standing behind Orin. Orin slowly... So Orin... Um, has the fiend standing behind him he doesn't even realize this at this point and um he starts going down the ramp towards drew mcintyre him and drew mcintyre um start fighting each other again around the ring while the fiend is looking on and um Orton throws McIntyre to the barricade. They both slugging it out drew gets the upper hand and uh slaps the chin lock on orton then um, throws him onto the announcer's table. Orin gets a second win, backdrops Drew onto the announcer's table, then climbs up, begins punching Drew in the head as our program ends. Now, Raw, Raw has been ending in this way for the past two, three weeks already. And I don't know if this is um, in part due to um, the cable network and, and them not doing time right or they're not getting the timing of the show correctly, because usually the network gives WWE an extra five minutes to get, um you know, the gist of their story or their matches out and to finish the, the show proper. But I don't know if it's the feed I'm watching or the way that I watch Raw, but for the past two, three weeks, it's been ending um pretty much in the middle of the action. So I don't know if it's attributed to the cable's decision to stop exactly at 11 or if, you know, they have this leading to Raw Talk or give you something to, to try to look forward to seeing the ending of on Raw Talk, which premieres like five, ten minutes after Raw's finish. I really don't know what the case is, but it's kind of weird because it it uh, builds you up. You get excited and boom, it, it just cuts you midway. You don't see how the brawling ends. You don't see who separates it. Nothing. So kind of weird that they've been ending Raw this way. Nonetheless, um, this was a good Raw as far as building up storylines, starting to get the build towards Survivor Series done proper. So definitely a, a, a good build-up episode. We've had a few members of uh, 
the Survivor Series team for uh, the men's team announced some for the women's. Well, the entire Raw women's team was announced today. Um, we had some of the matches announced, champion versus champion. So a lot to look forward to this month. Who's going to be the first brand to attack and start the Survivor Series brand warfare off right? My bet is on NXT. Um, even though it seems like they're getting completely left out of the Survivor Series this year. But I'm going to go with the... We're not going to mention NXT just so we can surprise you guys. Um... I don't know. That's just that's just fantasy booking in my mind because right now it's really looking like they just said fuck NXT this year. It's just Raw and SmackDown. There's not a single promotion, promotional uh, piece for NXT. All the matches so far have been Raw versus SmackDown champions. So I really don't think NXT is gonna come. But my fantasy booking mind would have the first brand to actually be NXT. You guys left us out this year. Did you guys forget that we're the third major brand? You know, assert dominance and force their way back onto the Survivor Series card. I mean, come on. Last year, we're we're going to be exactly a year from removed from the show out of Keith Lee. Now, look, a year later, Keith Lee's on Raw. He's getting a good run, been booked really strong. So hopefully we do get some NXT involved in Survivor Series. I think it'll be a det detrimental to the growth of NXT as a brand in itself. And, you know, just... Come on, let's not insult the fans' intelligence. Last year, you gave it to us. This should be tradition. Every brand of WWE should be represented in Survivor Series. That is the point. It's brand warfare. But nonetheless, uh, decent Raw. Overall, I'll give it an 8. And um, mostly for promo and building up uh, storylines. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot to look forward to. Looking forward to SmackDown as well and all the fallout from Hell in a Cell and the Tribal Chief and all that. So look out for that later on in the week. I'll try to get you guys um, the SmackDown uh, wrap-up as well as the other shows. Uh, this week is my birthday. Happy birthday, Kayfabe AJ. You know, I have to pat myself on the back for this one. But uh, nonetheless, um, I'm, I'm going to try to get you guys out the same amount of content weekly, the Raw wrap-ups. Dynamite review, Friday Night SmackDown uh, review, hopefully a little NXT. Um, it is my birthday. I'm on vacation this week, so I'll, I will try my best to get you guys that content. But I can do this all day. This has been Kayfabe AJ. This has been Kayfabe Avenue. And this is the Raw Wrap-Up. You can find me at Kayfabe underscore AJ on Instagram. And you can find us collectively as a group on Facebook, at the Kayfabe Avenue Facebook group. Please join join in the conversation. Share your pictures. Let's talk wrestling. If you like the podcast and you want to see the, the video version, please check out our YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, give your comments, and uh, contribute to the conversation. If you do love the podcast and you feel like you want to contribute to the show so we can continue to provide uh, more creative content and just generally more episodes, then Click on that anchor page, click the support link, and, and subscribe to the podcast. Donate what you guys feel um, you, you can. And um, if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, click on that support uh, the page link, and it'll send you directly to Anchor. Um, and that's how you can support the podcast. Like I said, this has been Kayfabe AJ. This has been Kayfabe Av, and that was the Raw Wrap-Up. Austin, take us home. And that's the bottom line. Why? Because those Stone Cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch.